Okay, we're live. We're live. We're live. We're live. We're live. We're live. We've been live for seven seconds, apparently. Apparently, we've been live for seven seconds. Things are happening. Everybody be cool. We're live. Welcome to another exciting... I mean, I'm not sure exciting is really the word. I mean, uh, it might be more like... Like riveting. Welcome to another riveting episode of Dojo U Live. Dojo U Live is our student critique show that we do every week. Shared with the general public for a couple of reasons. Number one is we want the general public to know what's happening at Dojo U, but also to really put the screws on our uh, paying members. Um, we want them to uh, rehearse a little ditty uh, each week and then uh, record it to be critiqued live on air. Of course, they're not, they're not really critiqued live at this point. We do it ahead of time and then we review it um, live and we just get a chance to listen to it. But I know if, if I'm going to play something that's going to be heard in front of a large quantity of people, um, that uh, it's going to definitely get my adrenaline going a little bit. It's going to make me really push myself to see how good I can be. Um, and uh, that is sort of the purpose of Dojo You Live. As you can tell, I need to drink a little bit of coffee while we listen to our first victim. And we'll wake this show up a bit. By the end of the show, you won't be able to shut me up. But right now, I'm, I'm struggling to get the words out. All right. Well, then, without further ado, here comes Hart. Here comes Hart. I like it. Alrighty. Pretty good overall. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was really nice. I mean, uh, there was little issues in each category. Uh, I'll take you through here quickly. Uh, scale nav. We had some crossing noises. Lift 
drop crossing raises, uh, A to D, D to F, uh, to name the highlights. Um, also, some gradient note sync errors coming in there as well. Uh, we had some slight earliness, right? And this is not just due heart, there was definitely other people that, that have this tendency to be early. Um, and so, dare to be late occasionally, as to arrive on time most of the time. Um, that's an important thing here. Just sit back, relax, wait for that beat, really play uh, on it. Um, other than that, a couple of small embellishment issues. Um, the timing sort of threw off some of the ASAPs as well, but uh, overall nice. Very enjoyable bagpipe, though a little underblown, a little of that thinness, especially on top hand. So check out your sweet spot a bit, see if we can get that a bit, a bit more resonant, but overall a very well-rounded, nicely done uh, performance. Chanter was a little bit sharp, not a little bit flat. But I agree, other than that. Um, that's one of the reasons it's underblown, right? So it's a classic... It's a classic issue, and it's caused you oftentimes by the chanter increasing in pitch as you play, and you're not willing to reach up and tweak those drones because, you know, you had them pretty good. So it definitely takes a lot of confidence to reach up and tweak them further, but what happens as we play and the temperature uh, is kind of going up, that's the main reason anyway, the temperature is going up inside of your bagpipes, right? The pitch of the chantery goes up a little bit as well. You have to be willing to reach up and what we would call bring the drones down, but we're actually sharpening the drones, right? We're bringing them down towards us, making them shorter in length, sharpening those drones. Uh, and then, because if you don't, you have to try to compensate with your blowing for the fact that your chanter is so sharp. So you have to blow a little less hard, but as soon as you blow less hard, you get less tonal quality. You get less vibrancy and richness. So pretty classic issue. Gonna, I heard that on a couple of mine this week as well. Um, just watch out for that. Carl highlighted a really good point in the rhythmic accuracy thing, which is dare to be late sometimes. Um, remember the average, right? The average should be perfectly on the beat. Right now, the average is before the beat. It's not drastically before the beat, but every time a beat comes, if a computer is uh, averaging out, uh, whether or not you're ahead or early or behind, the average is going to be ahead because we're always a little bit ahead. Now, if you're sometimes a tiny bit ahead, I think that's only normal. But you should also be sometimes a little bit behind as well. Um, and then most of the time, spot on the beat, right? That would be a good place to be. But, it, you know, picture the good old-fashioned driving your car analogy, right? If on average your steering wheel is tilted a little bit to the left, right? on average, instead of right down the center, what is going to be the result, right? You're, uh, if the average is a little bit to the left, even though sometimes you're right in the center, but if the overall average is a little bit to the left, that means over time, you're gonna be going like this, because the average is over to, the, this is my left. It might appear to be to the right to you, but to me it's to the left, and I'm veering off the road. Right over time, right? Meanwhile, uh, meanwhile, which is more realistic, right? Because we have the visual cue and we're able to pick up, we have got the lanes on either side of us. We're able to average it out, even though the steering wheel is not perfect, we're able to average it out so that we end up going down the middle of the lane. As long, you know, as long as we haven't had too many in the beer tent. <laughs> 
Um, so, so uh, dare to be late. I think that's great advice because um, it's because that would be that would be normal. That would be human. That would be acceptable to not be perfect every time. But the fact that whenever we're not perfect, we're early means that overall, if that metronome wasn't there tethering us to the beat, that means over time you would end up becoming rushed and out of control if the average is ahead. Now, if the average is ahead and or behind, you know, that's a much better starting point. Um, so there you go. John Holcomb's up next. He is. Here he comes. Do you want me to paste up his text? So um, the bagpipe sound is really, uh, really strong. And the finger work side of things uh, was a little bit of a struggle this week. Um, scale navigation. So hole coverage is a major issue. Um, it caused some chokes. Like I, I don't actually think the, the choke that we heard there, and there may have been more than one, but the I don't think the choke we heard there was caused by underblowing. I think it was just missing the holes and the chanter temporarily kind of the chanter read kind of temporarily cut out um uh hole coverage is a major issue um i think sometimes it's happening under after that burl i think maybe your bottom hand is being disaligned um and then you're not covering the low g's well and there's a lot of low g's that come up right after that that, that might have been the cause but needless to say there's a lot of um a lot of those kind of sounds happening throughout that performance because we're not covering the holes cleanly. And on, top, and on top of that, we had some good old-fashioned crossing noises that weren't necessarily small. So uh, just be careful there. Um, rhythmic accuracy, I think it's early very often. And John, you're usually really good about hitting the beat square on, but I think maybe you let that get away from you, which probably contributed 
to even more fun, uh, fun, you know, even more fun in the fundamentals there. Uh, single grace quality, okay, I guess, definitely on the big side. Embellishment quality, I think it's probably too bad that you put the burrows in because then we had one embellishment upon which to judge and they weren't coming out that well. It would have been a lot better to simplify and just save the burls until everything else is going really, really well. Um, because, you know, just because. You can see the risk reward wasn't really worth it here. Dot cut quality and consistency, a bit round. I just think the whole thing, I, I think between the whole coverage issues and how early you were, uh, to all the beats. I think that makes it really hard to play good doc, dots and cuts. So I can see why it wasn't the best. Now, now for the good news. Uh, tonal quality and tuning were really nice. Um, the tuning of the drones was locked. You could hear that right from the first very the very first note. And then uh, the the chanter was not perfect, but it was pretty darn close. Like if anything, the low A wasn't quite right. Uh, but most of the other notes were really nice, a nice tonal quality and thickness. Now, we had some surges and blowing inconsistencies overall. Uh, and again, disclaimer, I was, I chalked the, the choke penalty was more in the scale navigation because I think that was the actual cause of the issue. So there you go. Good news for everyone. Lucy Cassidy is over. I'm sure... The tune we have next week is really easy. You know what's really interesting? I was thinking about it as, as I was grading a lot of my critiques. And, and obviously, this is a really difficult tune, and, uh, and it's definitely showing. You know, it's definitely showing. But isn't it interesting that this tune, probably more than any other tunes we've looked at, are just like exercises from the dojo tutor? You know what I mean? Like, uh, Big time. they're just exercises. This is a, a A, D, F arpeggio, the entire bar. A, D, F, A, D, F, A, D, F, A, A, scale run, down to low G, right? And then this is just the low G to D, uh, B and D arpeggio. Like it's on chapter, or it's on page three of the Dojo U Tutor, right? G, B, D, G, G. Oh, scale run. Dun, 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 dun. I'm, I'm not, I know I'm mocking people, but I'm trying to, I'm trying to be, it's, it's trying to be funny. I know that it hurts, hurts a little bit, but like, here's a nice little ECA arpeggio, right? And then we're back to A, D, F, A, D, F, A. And, and what's interesting about it is, guys, we're really, we're really getting in trouble now for the shortcuts we took back when we were learning the basics. You know, and I think that's why the basics are so important. And it's also why you, you shouldn't be afraid to go back to basics on a, rel on a re regular basis. Because Lucy Cassidy is one of the hardest tunes out there. But guess what? It's not actually hard as far as what's in it. It's just hard because those basic fundamentals need continuous refinement. Okay. Uh, and then the last part, right? It's, it's all the same. Now it's in a different order. But it's still, you know, um, it still follows the basic chords and we're going to be combing through them uh, in a pretty predictable way. A, D, A, 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 D, A, right? There's not even any Fs there. A, 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 you know what I mean? And then the same phrase again, which is just an arpeggio and a scale run. And a scale run. 
And then, yeah, sure, the burl from C to low A is hard. Okay, fine. But that's not really what people are screwing up. People are screwing up the arpeggios. And they have lots of crossing noises in there, and they're played early to the beat, and they're not controlled. So, you know, the basics. Yeah. It's the basics. That's what we have to worry about. Um, and, and there, you know what I mean? There's no surprises. It's not like this is something earth-shatteringly complicated. Right? That's right, John. McCain says it's all the same notes in a different order. Yes. There's no secret here. <laughs> Where's the best place to get rid of whole coverage issues? Right? It's, it's the, the best place. If the ideal place is about one and a half weeks in to starting the bagpipes. When we're working on our scale runs and our arpeggios with our teacher, that's the best case scenario. Now, it's difficult, so maybe it takes a little longer, but unfortunately, whether we were aware we were taking shortcuts or whether or not we were allowed to take shortcuts by our teachers maybe, um, unfortunately, we moved past that a little too quickly and, and now it's coming back to bite us in, in the, these more challenging tunes. That's just, that's just reality, you know what I mean? It's like I, I ate too many chicken and a biscuits when I was a kid and now I'm having trouble to losing the, the weight, you know? Dumb, but, uh, I love those chicken and biscuits. Those chicken and a biscuit crackers, they were the best. Turns out they weren't the best for me. Chicken and biscuit crackers? Oh, yeah. You probably, I mean, because you don't eat gluten, it's probably not ever going to work out for you. In your <laughs> John says he could be as smart as Stephen Hawking if I could get all the same words in the right order. <laughs> yes, I suppose that's one way of looking at it. Yeah, Lucy Cassidy is one of the great melodies for sure. It just happens to be very difficult to execute. Um, just keep in mind, you don't need all the burls. And we'll hear it in Roberta's performance. She replaced that, the, even that uh, burl way out in the open. She just replaced it with like a simple low A doubling kind of. Um, and it kept the tune really sounding great and intact. Oh, sorry. You know, kind of replace them with doublings, and it definitely worked. Bum, bum, bum. Anyway, I'm ready for the next one. Yes, that's it. Yeah, all right, here comes Jen.
All right, nicely done. Yeah, really solid. I mean, uh, yeah, maybe I was a tiny, tiny bit generous, but at the same time, this was really freaking good. Um, I think the... Um, okay, there were some crossing noises for sure. You can see that reflected in the score there. Um, and slightly ahead in moments, small sync errors, D throws maybe a bit too open, um, a few early ASAPs. The D throws are not... The, the D throws are not too open. Like I'm okay with them being played open. I mean, you're not going to get like a, you're not going to get a 4.75 if they're really open, but you can get a good score if they're open. They're just not clean. They're just not like the steps are not being played accurately. For me, that's a big issue with the D throws. Like I think the embellishment score should be, you know, lower in my opinion. Um, and, the dot quality and consistency slightly lower, but um, but overall it was pretty darn good. And then the tonal quality and the tuning score is not generous at all. I think it's right on the money. So um, so yeah, just I, I'm believe it or not, I was defending you there. I don't think you were too generous, um, but I I do think like the the feedback on the D throw is not that it's too open. It's that it's not clean. You know, um, not not being the steps aren't being played correctly. Okay, so the, like you know, I would I would I would love to hear a D throw played really cleanly, even if it's nice and open, especially in this position because it's way out in the open. It's on a, I guess technically it's an eighth note, but it's on the big long note at the end of the part. So there you go. Mm -hmm. Uh, turns out, turns yeah, out I was right. I'm excited for this performance because it turns out I was right. You know what I mean? So <laughs> I pat myself on the back. Turns out Jen could do it all along. It was just going to take practice and hard work and dedication. I haven't been wrong once. Wow. Stellar performance there, Jen. Keep up the good work. Yes, very nice. Super exciting. Um, John Holcomb really nailed it too. John Holcomb really nailed it. Uh, really nailed the tuning of his drones as well this week. So uh, maybe we're making some breakthroughs. You're not allowed to refund your tuning clinic um, registration though. It's too late. So you're still you're gonna have to come. Maybe uh, maybe you should be a maybe you can teach it. Maybe I'll just go to the bar and we'll have John Holcomb teach it. Somebody. He actually. He probably could teach like a good chunk of at least day one of the tuning clinic, definitely. I will even give you the credit, but it was in me all along. It's not a it's not an ability thing, right? It's an attitude thing. If you have the attitude that you can't do it, and uh, even worse, that I'm never going to be able to do it because I'm somehow defective. If you have that attitude, that's the result that you're going to get. You have to, uh, you have to overcome that. And we all have areas in our lives. Not like for me, piping has never really been that area. I've always had, I've always had lots of advantages and been very fortunate. So uh, in this particular realm. I get to play the I get to play the cocky annoying guy, but you know, um, but it's just the attitude that you approach these challenges 
it's going to have a significant effect on whether or not you see results and how soon those results will come. Okay, I'm definitely defective. I just can't do it when it comes to eating healthy. So what results can I expect? Hmm, I don't know. All I know is a lot of muscle heads are like, you know, just let me just finish out this thought. Here's what I know. I know a lot of the super fit, like people that I'm jealous of. I know a lot of them, not all of them. Okay. I'm not trying to pigeonhole all fit people, but I know a lot of fit people out there are freaking dumb as rocks and I'm way smarter than them. So if they can figure it out, so can I, and I'm going to. And the same should apply for piping, right? Like that guy, that guy can get his pipes to sound great. Okay, if that guy can do it, I can definitely do this. You know what I mean? If that guy, like I remember when I was a kid, if that guy can take prizes in grade one, then I can get to grade one and I can run that, I can run that show. Now it didn't happen exactly that way every single time. But uh, I think that that confident attitude, I think taking in all the evidence, if that guy can run for president, so can I, if you really want to, if you really put your mind to it. All right. What's next? Oh, Beth is up next. Got it. I'm, I'm back to my back to my duties here. All right, here we go. All right. Neat. Pretty good. good. Pretty good. I think that the I think that the sc 
score is a little on the low side looking at this again. Um, but you know, let's start, let's start from the, let's start from the end. The tuning was really nice overall. The chanter is a, a little bit sharp to the drones. Not, a, not a lot though. Don't panic. Chanter's a little bit sharp to the drones. Um, and so I think that caused some searching in the blowing. Um, I, I also think that, uh, sort of con contradictorily, uh, the high G has too much tape on it. So it's on the flat side. So, so you're, you're kind of having to underblow overall to get the chanter to sound good. And this might be conscious or subconscious. You're kind of underblowing overall, but then every time you get to a high G, which is already flat, it sounded real funky. And then you're gunning the pressure, whether it's conscious or not. To, because the high G is flat. So the high G in this particular case, and maybe, you know, maybe it's just because the reed got too wet or something, or I don't know, but, um, you know, the high G needed a little less tape on it, and then the drones as a whole needed to be sharpened. Um, but the, the, that's just splitting hairs, though, right? So overall, the tuning sounded really nice. And we did have a lot of tonal quality issues, but I bet you um, just a couple of those tuning tweaks and perhaps a simpler tune that didn't bounce around from hand to hand so much. Like, I don't think, I don't think that's a, a really urgent problem that needs to be like obsessed over. Um, on second listen, dot quality and consistency could have been a little higher, but it definitely is on the round side. So just take the comments in mind. Embellishment quality um, could have been a 2.75 maybe, uh, but it, it needs to be cleaned up and I would, I would prefer a simplified version with better quality of grace notes and just working on getting those grace notes super tight and small, as we know that's something we need to continue to work on. When we're trying to play a lot of complex embellishments in difficult spots, that forces us to take our eye off the ball of the quality of the grace notes, right? So, so to just focus on it simplified, I think would be the way to go. Uh, rhythmic accuracy, really not bad. Uh, mostly on the beat, I would say. Um, and then scale navigation, we had some minor issues, but it was pretty good overall. So, so the finger work score could have been a little higher. Um, and definitely the, um, on, you know, definitely the tonal quality score, um, you know, it, it had a negative role on our actual instrument quality score as a whole. So the score may be a little on the low side this week, but I think things are pointing in the right direction. That's my recap. Yeah, that was really, really good. I mean, certainly when we compare this to some other recordings from not that long ago, it's a night and day. Right. You know, especially just because we're getting a, a pretty solid bagpipe here. And uh, I know Beth may be watching on Facebook, but I don't know if she's out here today, but brilliant job. Really, really exciting. Keep working in that same direction, in that same vein, and don't settle for less. You can do it. All right, who's next? There you go. We've got Ken up next. Here we go.
All right. I see Andrew has bolded some of my scores. Is that because you don't agree? I, you know, I didn't do, I haven't done anything. I, they just suddenly got darker. I don't know what that's all about, <laughs> but, uh, all right, well, I'll talk you through it real quick here. Just, um, um subtract was a really nice performance. when you get to a bold category, just subtract one. <laughs> All right, well, um, small crossing noises, fourth bar, also bar three uh, throughout here, both parts. And we've got some crossing noises. Accuracy. I don't know. And here's the thing the average I thought was way better here uh, of the rhythmic accuracy because there was definitely moments where you're jumping ahead. Um, but I want Ken to know I love him. I want Ken to know I love him very much, but that to me that just was definitely not the case. And there were like just really, really early a lot of the time, unfortunately. Uh, but go ahead. Anyway, uh, single grace note quality. Andrew will fill you in. Embellishment <laughs> uh, quality was pretty good, though. Burls definitely have that B sound. Got to keep working that out. D throws could use step uh, work on the steps, getting them clear and accurate. And that cut consistency. I'll refer to Andrew. But tonal quality was good. I mean, you can't argue that it's an enjoyable bagpipe to listen to, but you're not quite in that sweet spot. We can hear the flatness on the top hand yeah. choking almost, right? I mean, I don't think there was an actual choke there, but um, man, you just don't want to sort of reach behind and grab your bag and squeeze it just that tiny bit more. So that we're, we're just super solid. Um, and tuning was really good. Uh, but, you know, we had effects from the blowing in terms of the, the notes on the channer. So there you go. Andrew, fill us in. So, rhythmic accuracy really had dot cut quality and consistency. Uh, the quality at times was okay, but the consistency just wasn't there. And just listen to that passage, going back to the rhythmic accuracy. Listen to that passage relative to the sound of the click. Ready? When we get to phrase two, that's the biggest one. Right? That's all very, very early to the click. Um, so, you know, maybe... Um, Maybe it's just that second phrase or maybe the second phrase and the fourth phrase that is just really, it's really challenging to play, okay? So um, it, it makes sense that it's not perfect, but to me, there's just major issues. And then when you're that early to the click, what effect does that have on your ability to play your dots and cuts well? Um, it has like, it has a major influence on it. And then there's consistency, right? Like sometimes you're just skipping certain dot cut rhythms and really not... Uh, not really showing contrast very well at all. So, so I would be, um, just the areas that I bolded, I would be, not necessarily a whole point lower, but I would be considerably lower probably on those. Um, but it still was a good performance. And uh, this tune is kind of like a, um, it's very hard to play well. Bum, 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 bum. There you go, Ken. That's why we love Carl. 
Roberta says, that's why we love Carl the best. There you go. No, but you need to be right. Not just happy. Hmm. Being right also makes you happy. Nice job. Pretty good. The um, the tenor was nicely tuned to the chanter. Uh, and the overall sound of the pipes was pretty good. I think, again, I think hole coverage issues are the cause of some of those choky sounds that we heard, and like where the chanter cut out. So, um, so the overall sound of the bagpipe was pretty good. Um, and then, like, um, the other stuff... There's lots of issues to be worked on here, but considering that you're on the beginner side of the spectrum here, uh, you kept really, really nice control throughout, and really nothing catastrophic was happening, you know? So 
there's a lot to be said for that. And just keep in mind just how difficult this tune is. Um, some major crossing noises. Um, but also there were some spots that were pretty good despite the passage being challenging. So good, good job there. Rhythmic accuracy out ahead most of the time. So just sit back, relax, and enjoy that beat a little more if you can. Even though there's challenging stuff coming up, trust me, waiting for the beat and aligning it is going to make all that stuff easier, not more difficult. You just have to get used to that feeling, right? Single grace, no quality. Some synchronization issues, definitely. And second listen, there definitely some major ones, especially in the second and fourth phrases. Embellishment quality, we didn't do any, so uh, well played. Dot cut quality and consistency. Nice approach overall. I think the other fingerwork elements, like you know the grace note sync and hitting the beats accurately and getting rid of the crossing noises, I think that's going to allow the dots and cuts to come through even more. So good job, tone quality good, tuning good. Very nice job on this tune. Very nice. Yeah, there you go. I just want to mention, Barb, we did get yours, and I did review it. It's in the recording, but uh, the recording is quite distorted, so we're not going to play it live. Um, but uh, we didn't forget about you. For the live show. Oh, yeah. Uh, what kind of tyrant came up with that rule? Uh, but that's good. So the way to solve that problem is, right, Remember that like, if you're gonna record yourself, let's say on your smartphone or uh, most, most other kind of average consumer devices, you know, devices that weren't designed specifically for really loud bagpipes, um, you, wanna muffle the, you wanna muffle it with something so that um, it quiets down the input volume inside the phone. So uh, muffle it with like uh, a pillow or a couple of towels or something. Um, is a great way to get a cleaner quality of sound, kind of a nice workaround for cleaner quality of sound so that you um, uh, don't get that distorted sound. On a lot of most modern smartphones, remember that they have several microphone inputs. So you can't just muffle the bottom because that is a microphone, but there's also microphones at the top as well, and it kind of like uses multiple. So uh, you want to just stick it. Carl the Tyrant, that's right. I like to think of myself, as most tyrants do, as a great liberator. I'm a great liberator of pipers. Yes. I, I, uh, I, aggressively, I aggressively instill the relative few basic fundamentals that will set you free as a musician and allow you to actually make the bagpipe a true extension of yourself. You know? If that's being a tyrant, then... Then there you go. Some people will never be happy. With great freedom... With great freedom will come... Great... Liberation. Wait, no, that doesn't make sense. Great responsibility. Something like that. I don't know. It backfired. But uh, but there you go. That's no, true. Fundamentals do set you free. 
Certainly do. But uh, you guys all know that already. Based on my comments earlier in the show, right? My comments earlier in the show. The reason Lucy Cassidy is so difficult is because of stuff that we haven't kept up with that's on page three of the Piper's Dojo Tutor. And all basically all tutors, right? We have to be able to navigate arpeggios in order to play... <laughs> most tunes but definitely most hornpipes are like arpeggio arpeggio playgrounds so like you know there you go the fundamentals are going to set you free if if we had better scale navigation fundamentals lucy cassidy would be uh, would be sounding a lot better i think we're all kind of in that camp i think that's what and that's what makes it seem like only the best players can play hornpipes but it's not because they're just like mysteriously the best players. It's because they're the ones with the best basic fundamentals. So they have the freedom to really play hornpipes really, really well at high tempos. And they make it look easy. So I'm really taking a beating on the internal chat here. Thanks. Thanks, everybody. If I gave you guys the beating, if I gave you guys the beating, you give me, I I receive a lot of complaints. Let's put it that way, you know. <laughs> I'd receive a lot of like private messages on my Facebook, like, you know, letting letting me know the error of my ways. You know, underneath underneath the super strong ultra handsome shell i'm a sensitive person just like the rest of you guys you know definitely very sensitive and i spend a lot of time just contemplating what people think about me so just just keep that in mind you know as you as you're uh as you're you're ganging up on me and you're cyber bullying me right now that's what that's what's happening inside of our chat. Oh dear. Dana Hill Weaver's version of Lucy Cassidy. Yeah. Look that up, John, after the Ian, show. Like Ian McKinnis is an track. unbelievably good player. Mm. <laughs> See? Ken Ken's not giving in. Ken says, Can you hear the teeny weeny violin playing? As soon as I press stop streaming, I'm going to be weeping. I'm going to be weeping for the next several hours. You guys have reduced me to, you know, um, jeez, all this abuse—it's going to ruin this weekend. It's like Friday. I know. A nice thing to do. You guys do this to me every Friday too. They say the same about us. <laughs> you do do this to me every Friday. <laughs> uh, well, shall we? Um, shall we listen to Bert? Yeah. And round out this this show. Uh, uh, Roberta won the week, but I think even Roberta would admit, like this tune definitely posed some pretty, some pretty major challenges. Let's hear it. All right.
Uh, oh, I'm supposed to talk now. So that was pretty good. Um, drones are not 100% locked, um, but pretty good. Tonal quality, pretty also pretty good. Docker quality and consistency, pretty good. Like, you know, it's verging on mastery, but there's definitely some issues there, right? Uh, where, where we just kind of like, sometimes you just skip a dot. Um, you know, the more I'm thinking about it, like rhythmic accuracy, okay, four out of five, that's your score. And it was very good, but I think rhythmic accuracy is the, at the root of a lot of these issues that you're having. So, so um, you're maybe less confident on a certain spot in the tune and you're actually rushing ever so slightly through that area. I think the key is to relax through those areas. Um, and I think you'll find that a lot of the issues will, will go away. You know what I mean? So, so don't compound, don't compound a challenging passage with rushing, you know, and that's a difficult thing. It takes a lot of practice and a lot of experience to kind of resist that urge for sure. I mean, I like myself all the time when I'm playing and things aren't going well, it's like, wait a second. I'm actually kind of just being really frantic right now. Like my, my whole, my whole demeanor is just a little, I, I kind of felt that vibe maybe in this performance, like the whole thing was just a little bit, um, was just a little bit on the, on the nose, head of the nose. Right. And just sit back and relax and just let things come to you instead of kind of forcing them. I think that um, I think that would make a, a big difference because we had like unnecessary, unusual things like low A to C crossing noises and, you know, blah, blah, this, that and the other thing. Things that wouldn't normally be there. It's just that I think we're on edge. I think we're forcing things. So that would be my overall thought. Pretty good. We had some crossing noises, so we don't want that. D throw is not actually 100% clean. So, uh, so there you go. Good though, really, really nice. I noted a few sync errors too on the way to D there in, in the third part. Yeah. Subtle, but they're there. Yes. But yeah, I mean, still great performance, right? Yeah. With potential to improve. That, that's exciting. What about you, Roberta? But I find that exciting. Like it's a really good performance, but I I find the potential for improvement really exciting because it get it can easily get better from there. So yeah, and then I, I agree with Ken. Overall, great submissions. Um, especially, I mean, a lot of people took the advice from last week, which was good. It's good uh, to simplify things and take it slow and really focus in on the basics. And uh, that shows there's a lot of really good performances this week. Uh, and, and you know, considering it's a hard tune, it was still very, very good. Yeah, it really was. Bagpipe quality was really nice this week overall. How many shockingly not in bagpipes were there this week? Not any, not any really. Um, so good job. Good job. That's it. I mean, this is how we, this is how we roll. This is what Dojo U Live is all about. Alrighty. You better wrap this up, Andrew. I got to run to my next lesson. Yeah, this is it. I mean, we lasted the whole hour. You know why? Cause we had, 
we had, um, I think back to the regular level of submissions, eight or nine submissions, right? So good job, everybody. All right. We're stopping the stream. Thanks for tuning into Doge. Are you live for yet another week? Thanks everybody. If you like the show, make sure you send a comment, like, like it on Facebook or whatever, share it with your friends. It's mostly because Beth thinks that the show is, isn't worth doing. I think it is. If it is worth doing, let us know. There you go. That's it. I guess all I have to do now is press stop. Okay, I'm pressing it. Here I go, ready? I'm going to press the stop button now.